Welcome back to The Old Goal of Truth. I'm Bryce. And I'm Alex. This show is all about exploring self-improvement through philosophy. This season, we are studying the last days of Socrates. And this past week, we studied the Apology. If you're just joining us now, we encourage you to start at the beginning of the season and read the last days of Socrates along with us. So, in this one, I'm going to set the stage a little bit for us here, Bryce. In this one, we are continuing the trial of Socrates. Of course, this is the last days of Socrates. This is all about his trial and death and his, his last few days amongst friends and uh, fellow Athenians who he may or may not be so fond of at this point. Um, this, I, I learned from watching a video, some context around, around what's going on right now is this is shortly after the Peloponnesian War, which the Athenians lost to the Spartans. And so I guess the, the atmosphere around Sparta or around Athens must have been a little bit down, a little bit sad and defeated, uh, both emotionally and physically defeated. And so a lot of people suspect that, you know, Athenians were probably looking for somebody to pin their problems on. And and turns out uh, Socrates was an easy choice, as, uh, as we'll find out as we get into this and as we get into some of the reasons why they wanted to put him to death. So for the apology, there's a couple things that uh, kind of got me thinking. Um, one being is that the apology, just to kind of set the stage a little bit more, um, it's it's not Socrates saying, you know, I'm sorry for doing this, guys. It's his actual defense. Um, so in nowadays, we would say it's the defense and the persecution. Back then, instead of saying defense, it's, it's the apology. Um, and then the other thing that I, I was, that, that also helps set the stage a little bit is Plato was actually here. Um, he was in the courtroom um, at, at this time when, when Socrates is on trial. So he is, he is writing from his own personal experience with hearing what he says. And there, there's so many things people, specifically other scholars, um, they, they kind of question, um, how accurate some of these things are. Some, some things written about Socrates, because Socrates never wrote anything down. Um, so this is kind of the most accurate thing, at least as people say and as kind of history shows, uh, because Plato wrote this down and he was actually there in, in this setting. Obviously, um, he probably wasn't there for all the other... Uh, bits of of what we're reading um i'm sure he wasn't with socrates every second of every day before his death um but yeah that kind of helps set the scene a little bit more on what we'll what we're talking about and what's going on um one thing that i thought was really cool 
uh, that I that I found at least is kind of wisdom versus knowledge. This this at this captured my attention. Um, they may not like totally debate it in in a full sense, um, but it was just kind of what was on my mind when when reading this, because um, I know that like Socrates, he he tests people's knowledge to prove that he's a wise man. Um, and he does say later on that, uh, let me pull it up here. I neither know it in fact, nor think that I do. So he's saying that I don't know, like, really about this topic, but I'm not going to pretend that I do. Um, so that was that was just kind of something that triggered my my eye and my mind on that that I thought was really cool. Hmm. Uh, Alex, what did you? What were your findings and stuff in in this section? So I I actually got a ton out of this. Like I uh, as I was going through, I was like, oh, that's good, that's good, and I love. Um, I love the whole feeling of it being a discourse. Like I love this dialogue um, style of writing because it, it just brings you so much more into the scene. Like you get a few instances where, uh, where Socrates basically tells the judges and the other Athenians present to shut up. He says, let him answer judges and not make so much noise. And, uh, and there's another, another place where he says, quit your murmuring, like, shut up. He says, he says, murmur not, O Athenians, but continue to attend to my request, not to murmur at what I say, but to listen. For as I think, you will derive benefit from listening, which, I mean, listening is a great lesson. Anyways, that's something that I've had to, had to learn to do and work on. Um, but I just love... I just love how he says it and is basically like, shut up and let me finish. Let me finish what I'm saying here. And um, one thing in particular, though, that I that I really liked um, is 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 talking about um, self mastery. He talks about how important it is to talk about these things and to work on these things. And uh, he he does a lot of comparisons to to a horse meeting. A horse master right and and he he says how how it how if you want to be a decent human being you need a master as well um you need something to commit yourself to and efforts to be made and he says for a lot of young men i i am that teacher now something that that kind of gave me some perspective was that he was talking about how um, how he would go around, like Bryce mentioned, he would go around telling people how, like showing people how unwise they are and how they lack this wisdom. And this is something I'd like to talk about more, and I, I think it ties in with your wisdom versus knowledge thing, um, is, is talking about how we don't know that much. Uh, and a lot of the time, you'll you can ask a group of people and they've done studies on this you can ask a group of people okay do you know how a toilet works yes or no 
and and most people most people will say yes they'll be like yeah of course i know how a toilet works right and then and then they say okay here <laughs> show it to me diagram it for me uh show me what you know and then and then people realize oh i actually don't know how a toilet works and it's just those little things like that that show us how unwise we are but the thing is is Socrates was going around Athens showing people this, like asking everybody he met, hey, you know, at least this is the impression I get from the dialogue, right? Is, hey, you know, do you know how a toilet works? And then somebody says yes. And then he's like, oh, yeah, well, show me. And the thing is, you know, some people uh, became fond of that trick, right? Some young men in particular is kind of who it talks about here. And they wound up, going around and doing the exact same thing to other people and as you can imagine that'd get pretty annoying and i want to talk a little bit more about that later in our conversation but that that's a big big one of my thoughts um kind of to wrap up my thoughts here this is something i really enjoyed um this little section of the dialogue socrates says all the Athenians, therefore, as it seems, make them honorable and good except me, but I alone corrupt them, do you say? This is in reference to, um, to one of his—to uh, what Miletus was accusing him of, which was corrupting the youth. And uh, he, he's saying, is it just me corrupting them? And Miletus says, I do assert this very thing. He's like, yep, it's just you. And I love Socrates' response. He says, you charge me with great ill fortune, but answer me, does it appear to you to be the same with respect to horses? Do all men make them better? And is there only some one that spoils them? Or does quite the contrary of this take place? Is there some one person who can make them better or very few? That is the trainer's. But if the generality of men should meddle with and make use of the horses, uh, and make use of the horses, do they spoil them? Is not this the case, Miletus? Is is not this the case, Miletus? Both with with respect to horses and all other animals, it certainly is so. Whether you or uh, you and Anetus deny it or not, for it would be a great good fortune. For the youth, if only one person corrupted and the rest benefited them. However, Miletus, you have sufficiently shown that you never bestowed any care upon youth, and you clearly evince your own negligence in that you have never paid any attention to the things with respect to which you accuse me. And I was like, boom, roasted. Um, because he's he's basically saying, like, look, there's not just, there can't just be one person that corrupts the youth, right? Chances are most people are corrupting the youth. And he's saying it's people like me who are trying to take care of them and who are trying to make sure that they're healthy and well-fed, just like with horses, how there's somebody taking care of the horses. And, and you know, everybody else is using the horses, but only these people are really taking care of them. Um, I thought that was, that was, an interesting um, thought to to basically defend himself, being like, "I'm not. I can't be the only one. If I am corrupting them, I can't be the only one corrupting them." 
so that kind of concludes my initial thoughts on um I, on, on that i i think that's a, a really good spot to actually start so it's it's good that that's kind of your your conclusion mm-hmm. um i was i was having the thought on that while while you were talking about it that imagine where we would be if we only had one person corrupting us right yeah and and that's something that they talk about is like well that's easy you know you kill them and then all your problems are solved right and and exactly and that's that's why actually they they want to kill socrates because um as you were setting the stage you were talking about how they want to use him as a scapegoat Mm mm-hmm he they're they're basically saying look this guy here he's our problem so if we kill him that's the answer to our problem right yeah yeah Yeah. whereas they like socrates goes on to say he he goes on to say like look everybody is every everybody's corrupting other people everybody's doing good for other people right nobody is wholly evil or wholly good and and he he's basically saying you know you know indict yourselves because like what <laughs> you know what do you want with me right yeah exactly I I think it's a uh, an an interesting thing when you when you look and actually find all the people who you think are corrupting people mm-hmm. and then all the people who are and and kind of compare kind of the list right like you know how in school you've got i mean i know there's a name for this but i can't even think of what it is but you've got the two circles right mm-hmm. and um you've got a list of one thi- uh, of one thing so one circle is a list of people who uh you think are corrupting people right and then right. the other one's a list of people who are corrupting people right? right yeah i wonder how much those two circles would actually overlap with uh the people who you do think and who actually are corrupting people right yeah, I w- I would say completely. I would say they totally overlap. Like that I I would say um like what you're talking about is a Venn diagram. By the way, that's the word you're looking for. Oh, there we go. Um, Thanks. <laughs> but I I would say that that they're identical. It's the same circle, right? Like there there is no overlap space. It's the whole thing. Um certainly there there are maybe people who more intentionally are corrupting people they accuse uh socrates of intentionally corrupting the youth um which i think is a load you know um but it's it's yeah it it's tricky to see um to to say who who is good and who is evil and who is this and who is that because everybody's just people 
you know, like we're all just kind of wandering around down here trying to figure it out. And, you know, everybody does stupid things. Everybody does helpful things, right? On accident or on purpose, right? On both sides. Um, and, And so I think, you know, what Socrates is trying to say is like, nobody's wholly good and nobody's wholly evil. It's just that, you know, I'm I'm the guy that you've decided to pin your problems on. And uh, and this kind of ties into cancel culture, um, which, uh, do you know what cancel culture is? Like, are you familiar with that term? I do not know what cancel culture is. Okay, so I had to explain it to somebody yesterday. I thought it was like a very common common term, but I guess it's not not too commonly used, at least in some of the circles that I run in. Um, but so cancel culture is it's it's the culture of canceling, quote unquote, canceling anybody who we don't like, anybody who uh, who thinks differently than us. Right. So if you were to um, if you were to post something on the Internet, cancel culture, if it doesn't like what you did, if somebody didn't like what you did and they blew it way out of proportion, they might cancel you. Uh, meaning that, well, now you're, you know, you're kind of banned from these circles and nobody likes you and you're kind of black sheep on the internet. It's like, I forget, I forget what, what the lady's name is and it's really not important, but this lady made an insensitive joke on Twitter once and, um, and it was like a dumb joke, right? Um, but then she didn't mean any any real harm by it. And then she gets on a plane after she makes this joke. She gets off of the plane, turns her phone back on, and she sees thousands and thousands of people have retweeted this and said, you know, hateful things to her, sent her direct messages saying how awful of a person she is and how insensitive she is. Uh, she, I think she even lost her job. Like cancel culture is that, jump on a bandwagon hate on person x um because of whatever because of whatever they decide that week because of whatever gets blown out of proportion i mean you think about how many people have made totally racist and inappropriate jokes before uh and had no repercussions because the you know in this case the athenians didn't get after them for it um but for socrates Somebody didn't like what he was doing. Somebody didn't like what he was saying. And they made a big stink about it. And I wound up condemning him to death, right? Yeah, so so basically, like, we're looking at two different things. We've got culture who, um, I, I guess we can put it this way. You've got, you've got a celebrity that does something or like starts wearing something right Mm -hmm. and that's the new norm right like that is now part of our culture like people wear those clothes because it makes them quote-unquote look good right 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 and then but cancel culture is the opposite right yeah it's something that still it still blows up all over everywhere right 
but it's it's in a negative. So yeah. basically, you've got culture, which is kind of in the in the positive, or in this sense, right? And then you've got cancel culture, which is in the negative. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Um, is that it's it's the opposite of of pop culture, right? It's it's the thing instead of everybody being obsessed with it in a positive way, everybody's obsessed with it in a negative way. Um, yeah, that that's a perfect way to way to put it. Yeah, and I think I I think that one thing that should be addressed is um, that you know what there there's a lot better ways uh, to deal with these these problems than uh, cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know what, Socrates didn't have to die, right? Right, right. Like, cause cause you were saying that you you didn't really think that he was intentionally intentionally corrupting the youth yeah. right yeah he he was just he was basically testing out a theory he right. was told that he was the wisest man right right so now he's like okay let's find out if i'm the wisest man right yeah. so in that sense he wasn't intentionally corrupting them right um so I mean, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been put to death. Something else should have happened. Like, I mean, it, it talked about, like, banishing him or just kind of telling him to shut up as well, right? Like, right. he's telling them to shut up, right? But so it's it, it's kind of one of those one of those back and forth things, right? Yeah. Um, I, but there was probably a better way to deal with it than killing him. Oh, totally. Um, but and I mean, then. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and then, like, with this lady who who posted that thing that, like, thousands of retweets, uh, like, saying, like, this sucks, like, you're stupid for saying this, right? And how she lost her job. There are some things that are that are totally understandable. And, I mean, it's really unfortunate for her that she made this tweet and then got on an airplane and, I mean who knows how long the flight was, right? Like, you could be on an airplane for all of... I can't actually remember what the shortest flight is, but it's actually quite short. It's only, like, a couple minutes, if that. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, too, because it's, it's a flight over a lake, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, um, it was, like, a pretty long flight for her. Yeah, well, exactly. So it's like she could be on this flight for, say, 14 hours, right? Right. And in that time, the way that we have social media, things could just explode, right? Like everyone right. now knows about it. Right. Right? Yeah. So, you know what? One person, if she didn't get on the, in, on the flight, the first person to see it may have been like, hey, you know, you probably should take this down. Um like it's really insensitive and right. like was nice about it, right? Right, right. But then the problem is, is that in in this case, you only need one person to corrupt the system, right? Right, right. So, so like in the sense of how it it can't just be one guy that's corrupting the youth. Um, yeah, that's probably wrong. But in in the case of what happened with this lady. It, it all all it takes is one person right one person but, they retweet it 
right? Right, right. But like ultimately, and it ends up being more than one person because if only one person retweeted oh, it, yeah. right, then like her boss probably would have never found out. It never would have been this big deal, right? Um, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. And so you see, like, it's the gossip, right? It's you just yeah. pa- you pass it on, and that's what Socrates talks about a little bit in this is that. You know, oh, you heard it from someone who heard it from someone who heard it from someone, right? Like, okay, cool. And I wasn't even there to defend myself, right? He's put in the same situation as this lady. People are talking about him, and he's not even able to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not what I was saying. That's not what I was trying to do. You know, um, let, let me explain. But because he wasn't there to defend himself, like it blows up into this whole thing, into this whole issue. And then they, you know, they take him in to court. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, that's the problem that, that we stand on is, um, is basically fact checking. Right. Right. Because, and I mean, let's turn it over back to the society that we live in right now. Mm hmm. When you look at social media, there are plenty of different social media platforms, right? You've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, like you name it, right? Right. There's something. Right. Now, the problem is, is that how many different people are on those, right? And then how many different fake news articles are on there right so so it's one of those things where it's oh um i i know that in in our family group chat like we'll we'll take a screenshot if there's like some funny headline or whatever mm-hmm. right it's like oh this causes this or whatever and it and in no way it has a connection right mm-hmm. it's like drinking water causes you to have x right, right? It, like, unfortunately, maybe not to the point of saying drinking water causes you to have X, but unfortunately, there are things out there like that that people get sucked into. Yeah. Right? And, like, just just like these uh, these young men that that thought, oh, hey, this is funny to, to say, do you know how this works? really right right so they they get sucked into it and then like they share it and they're like oh this is true and like the world starts to panic right yeah yeah so it's kind of one of those things where where now we're now we're looking for for the truth right 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 and and we really need to and i think that's something that that a lot of people tend to miss um especially when it comes from social media because it's oh it looks like it's a credible website right so or they don't actually read the article they just read the headline right yeah um and and that's how things spread around they're like i can't believe this people get outraged because they they don't even read it and uh it it reminds me what you're talking about of dihydrogen monoxide have you heard about this uh no i don't think so okay okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna explain this to you um i'm gonna 
read you a, some facts from this website um, called it's dihydrogen monoxide. Um, it's dhmo.org. Uh, and it says, it says, what is dihydrogen monoxide? Dihydrogen monoxide is a colorless and odorless chemical compound also referred to by some as dihydrogen oxide, hydrogen hydroxide, uh, hydronium hydroxide, or simply hydric acid. Its basis is the highly reactive hydroxyl radical, a species known to mutate DNA denature proteins, disrupt cell membranes, and chemically alter, alter critical neurotransmitters. The atomic components of DHMO are found in a number of caustic, explosive, and poisonous compounds such as sulfuric acid, nitrogen, uh, nitroglycerin, and ethyl alcohol. For more detailed information, including precautions, disposal procedures, and storage requirements, refer to one of the material safety data sheets available for DHMO. And it says, it asks, should I be concerned about dihydrogen monoxide? And, uh, and, and if, anybody, if anybody listening already knows what I'm talking about, just, just enjoy it with me. It says, yes, you should be concerned about DHMO. Although the U.S. government and the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, do not classify dihydrogen monoxide as a toxic or carcinogenic substance, as it does with better-known chemicals such as hydrochloric acid and benzene, DHMO is a constituent of many known toxic substances, diseases, and disease-causing agents, environmental hazards, and can be can even be lethal to humans if quantities, uh, in quantities as small as a thimbleful. Research conducted by award-winning U.S. scientist Nathan Zoner concluded that roughly 86% of the population supports a ban on dihydrogen monoxide. Although his results are preliminary, Zoner believes people need to pay closer attention to the information presented to them regarding dihydrogen monoxide. He adds that if more people knew the truth about DHMO, then studies like this one, like the one he conducted, would not be necessary. A similar study conducted by U.S. researchers Patrick K. McCluskey and Matthew Kulik also found that nearly 90% of the citizens participating in their study were willing to sign a petition to support an outright ban on the cause of dihydrogen monoxide in the United States. Um, so, uh, I'm going to put a link to this website in the show notes. Uh, because I think it's amazing, uh, Bryce. What do, what are your initial impressions of dihydrogen monoxide? Well, by you reading, by you reading it out, mm-hmm. it it sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because of our conversation, I'm sure it's going to be hey, jokes on you. Yep. this isn't actually real or something like that, right? Yep. Um. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, so okay, DHMO, dihydrogen, 
monoxide. Two hydrogen, one oxide, one oxygen. What is that? H2O. I'm talking about water. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you can you can take these things and you can skew them however you want, right? If you know how to manipulate data, if you throw in some big words, you change the name a little bit, right? You know, you you can make everything seem totally different. Um, like later on this website, it talks about death due to accidental inhalation of DHMO, even in small quantities. Yeah, we call that drowning, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Like... Uh, and it says, given to vicious dogs involved in recent deadly attacks. Yeah, because they drink water, right? 100% of murderers have had water in their life. Does that mean that you're going to stop drinking water, right? You have to, like you talked about earlier, like uh, uh, causation, right, versus just correlation, right? Um, yeah. And so you have to take a look at all of that and actually read into things a little bit and and yeah exactly yeah and ultimately in the apology it's just that socrates was the easy way out like that was the easy person to blame um for for their problems well and and you look at it and it's um with the with the headline that i made up it's basically that that website saying water causes death right but it's using different words Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like and and um and how it says like oh it's in sulfuric acid and stuff. It's like or it says like some of the, the base compounds are in sulfuric acid. Yeah, it's in soup too. You know, like and so <laughs> there there's this huge, huge thing. And this is I'm I'm gonna stand on a soapbox for a hot minute here. Um Go for it. So uh a lot of people they talk about um, if you can't pronounce the ingredient, then it's probably not good for you, which I get as like a safe rule of thumb as like, if you don't know what it is, you know, don't you put it in your mouth, right? Because uh, you don't know what it is, like be aware of what you're eating, be aware of what you're consuming, like get all the information. But just because you can't pronounce it doesn't mean that you can't eat it. If I went and lived in Spain where everything's in Spanish and I'm like, I don't really know what's in this thing. Like, I don't know what these ingredients are saying, right? That doesn't mean that it's bad for me. Um, and so it, it just ties into that, you know, dig into things a little bit more, get a little bit more information and then make an educated, uh, educated decision rather than just saying, oh, I don't like that, or I don't know how to say that, or I don't know anything about that. And I think this is going to tie into something we'll talk about at the end, um, that, you know, uh, knowledge is the antidote to, to fear, but also that if you don't know anything about it, you know, um, your knee-jerk reaction is to fear it, but maybe, you know, loosening up a little bit is is kind of a a safer way to live your life just you know be aware that just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's bad or scary right yeah exactly um if you think about like a lot of movies even um it's like 
Something moved in the dark. What do you do? Shoot it. Right? But, I I mean, it could just be an innocent bystander or something. Right? right. Like, you don't actually know what it is. Right. Because something moved, and you can't see. Right. Right? It could mm-hmm. be absolutely anything. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's what's going on here is that they're shooting in the dark because they're scared, right? Like, they don't know what's going on, and they found somebody that they can essentially shoot, you know, um, and and blame for it. Um, but it's, you know, they don't have all the information, right? They They don't fully understand. And so because they don't fully understand, that's why they're attacking. And people do that all the time with everything, right? exactly yeah like i mean uh you and i we have both worked in in customer service Mm -hmm. and it's always been oh why isn't this done or why isn't this why like that this or that right right and my favorite thing is so you and i we both used to work at little caesars yeah and i'm sure you had this complaint just as many times as I did. Why do I have to wait five minutes to get my pizza? <laughs> right. I'm sorry, sir. It takes five minutes to cook in the oven. Like, that's it. It just needs to cook. Yeah. It, it's ready to go. It's going into the oven. It just needs to cook. If you yeah. cook a pizza at home, and and I've done this too, it will take you half an hour, or at least with the pizza that that our family cooks right it takes half an hour to cook the pizza right right yeah and i mean that's not even including preparing the dough preparing like when when you don't understand something um that i mean socrates kind of talks about this a little bit too um like leave leave the horses to to the professionals who know how to take care of it right um like not everybody can just walk into the back of a Dairy Queen and, and make their own burger, right? Because they don't know what the process is, right? I mean, maybe... It, it, exactly. Well, and you know that little Dairy Queen um, little loop thing that they do on your ice cream cone? Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend that actually used to work at Dairy Queen, and they said it's harder than you think to do. <laughs> yeah, like it, <laughs> right? it takes practice. Like figuring that stuff out takes practice and and self-mastery um and i mean that's kind of what we're we're what we're working on with this show is um is is trying to work on ourselves and trying to better ourselves and it's a long process and one thing socrates says over and over again in this is that um the reason he's the wisest person is because he understands that he doesn't know everything right he gets that he is an idiot like he doesn't know everything and because he understands that that that's what makes him the wisest is because he's open to learning he's open to saying like yeah i was wrong right and and he says that the reason everybody else is you know so frustrated and having such a hard go at it is because they're so committed to to believing that they are right rather than being open to learning more and growing more uh, and and I guess that's a good segue to talk about uh, knowledge versus wisdom. Do you want to kind of take that away? Sure. My my thing is, 
is that um like we've kind of already talked about a, a little bit of kind of what the difference is right mm-hmm. uh, as you said socrates is willing to accept that he is wrong that he does not know um i think wisdom though definitely goes deeper than just yeah i i don't know what this means or accepting that you're wrong Mm-hmm. I I think it also kind of means this is what I need to talk. This is what I need to say. Right. Right. It, it's a lot more than just I know how a toilet works or I, I don't know. Like I know mm-hmm. how to use one, but I don't know how it works. Yeah. Right. So are you saying that wisdom is a lot more about just like self-honesty, like being honest with yourself that okay, yeah, I might be wrong about this, but this is what I think, right? Or, no, I'm very confident in this, like knowing the difference between what you do know and what you don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I would still even say it's it's more than just, um, just honesty with yourself. It's mm-hmm. also honesty with others. Um, I remember at, at the beginning of of the apology section he's like look i'm gonna like this is the truth right this is like i am i'm going to tell you the truth like in um in a court of law it's uh do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay yeah you do you do say that you do swear that you will say nothing but the truth. But, I mean, do people really say nothing but the truth? Right? And so I think, I mean, I wouldn't say that being wise is to know when you should lie. Um, but, I mean, in some cases, it's just not telling the full truth. Right? It's mm. like it's like when when you tell a child, the dog went to the farm. Right, right. Like, are you, you are you are you gonna tell the child that yeah the dog is dead, right? Like later on, absolutely. I I I definitely don't think an adult should um should still be believing that. The dog went to the farm. Now, in our case, the dog did actually go to the farm yeah, because our, we our went to the farm did and go to a farm. I <laughs> <laughs> um, promise we saw her there, unless unless they tricked us and we were just asking so many questions that they like found somebody who had a dog that looked like her and was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll pretend with you." Yeah, but she knew us though. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. We're, we're kind of digressing a little bit here, but yes. I, I feel like <laughs> me as a child wanting to believe that she knew us, like, you know, I would have bought into it, even if she didn't recognize oh, yeah. us. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, yeah, I wouldn't, de- I wouldn't be surprised if it was her and she didn't recognize us. But in my head, I wanted so badly for her to that, yeah, you know. Well, and I mean, the type of dog that she was... Um, she just, she liked people, 
right? Didn't matter who it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She just liked people. Yeah. So so if they found another dog that just liked people, I mean that's totally acceptable, right? Right, right. But my so here's my thing. Um I I don't believe that it's not ever um I I don't think that there are no circumstances where you should lie. Uh I I totally think that there are, right? Um but uh, at the same time, I I think there there are some things. Maybe we have we have a different perspective on um, on when it is. Like I think it's all up to debate. But I would say if if your dog dies, like if you have to kill your dog, I feel like that's something you tell your kids. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that they went to the farm. I would say no, they're dead because if they went to the farm, that means like, well, why'd you get rid of them, right? If they're dead, I can at least explain they were sick, you know, or they got hit by a car or, you know, this happened. And I think that's a good opportunity to, you know, explain to a kid and help them confront death because at some yeah, point, absolutely. At, at some point in everybody's life, you know, you're going to have to confront it. Like you went to great grandma's funeral this week, right? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we all would have been there had it not been for the pandemic. Right. Um, but there, there are hard things that we have to confront in our lives. And, and sometimes you have to do it blindly. Like sometimes you, you know, you have no choice, but to just try, right. And just, you know, um, and just get through it um, without having all that much knowledge, right? Like when you go to the hospital and you're in an emergency, right? Is the doctor going to explain every little thing that they're doing? You know, like right now we're doing this and this is how this thing works and this is how that works. And, oh, here's your ventilator. This is what it's doing. And no, they're busy. They're busy saving your life and they're busy saving other people's lives. Uh, so sometimes we have to be accepting that, that will be left in the dark on things. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's something that um, people have a problem with is being left in the dark. And I mean, absolutely, there are definitely things that people should not be left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for example, like you, you brought up great grandma's death. I mean, I'm I'm glad I was told, right? Right, right. I I would not want to find out down the road, um, say like two years down the road, and and I say, oh, how's great grandma doing? I hope it doesn't take two and years then, for you to and ask then people about your look at you when they, but <laughs> yeah, well, but like they 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 look at you and they're like, um, do you do you not know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I do think you should acquire as much knowledge as possible. Right. Um, but there are some times that you're going to have to be accepting that you don't have it, especially look, look at the end, uh, of the apology when, you know, when Plato is, you know, he's sentenced, right. The, the, the court sentences him to death and, um, and he, he's like, uh, 
he, he says, what has befallen me appears to be a blessing, and it is impossible that we think right uh, that we think rightly who suppose that death is an evil. So he's saying it's probably awesome, and this stems from his own personal beliefs about the afterlife and everything. I think there are certainly some cultures that believe death would be a curse, um, and there are a lot of people who, unlike Socrates, because uh, Socrates believes that your soul continues on after you die um there are a lot of people who believe like that's it like you're dead and socrates says if it is it like if it is it and i am dead and like that's there's nothing after this he he kind of has this like awesome i get to sleep forever you know like i don't have to worry about eating or anything else ever again in my life yeah, and I, I, I love that uh, kind of debate. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine, and her brother is atheist. Mm-hmm. And they, they were having a, a conversation one day, and, and then we were, we were talking about it. And I had said, I'm like, you know, let's just say there's, there's one God, right? Mm-hmm. Where basically it's society believes that this is God or there is nothing, right? Like that's the two choices. There's not a bunch of different religions, right? Right. Or different types of gods, right? There's there's one God or there's nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so in this debate, it's basically, all right, if you believe in God, when you die, well, awesome, because look, you're, you're right. Like there is a God, there's an afterlife and all that fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you're an atheist and there's a god, well, your belief just got smashed to pieces when you die, right? Right. Now, if there is no god and you do just sleep forever, right? Yeah. Then, really, like, yeah, okay, the the atheist is right, but there is no way of saying that they're right. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. because they're just they're sleeping for forever. And right. So does it so matter I, if you're I, right I if you can't rub it in anybody's face? Sorry. Does it matter if you're right if you can't rub it in anybody's face? Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in the end, you shouldn't be rubbing things in people's faces, right? Right. Unless it's for medicinal purposes. Like you purposes. should be. <laughs> yes. Um, you should be appropriately saying, like, look, this is my opinion on it. You can have your own opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in in the way that you put it, at least, um, Socrates and I have the same sort of opinion, right? Because mm-hmm. his opinion about afterlife is that, like, he's good and all said in that fun stuff right right but right. then if he's wrong and there is no afterlife then he's just sleeping forever right yeah and and i mean absolutely everyone can have their own opinion right like i'm fine with that yeah i'm, I'm not if there is an afterlife i'm not gonna rub it in people's faces right, right? well and i mean it might be a different afterlife than the one that you're anticipating right exactly that's that's why i had to simplify it to being there there's only one god like there is no other option basically right because you look right. at you look at religions nowadays is there are so many 
different gods, right? Yeah. Or higher spiritual beings. Right. Right, and and what if you're wrong, right? What if you get to the other side, and sure, you believed in a god, but it wasn't the right one, and now he's he's pretty upset with you, right? What do you do? Yeah, then it's like, oops, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> basically, basically, what you're talking about is Pascal's wager, um, which you you did a good job of identifying a flaw with it is that there are so many variations on that belief, right? Because basically, what you're saying is, well, you may as well believe in a god because if there's not, like, then there's not, and it doesn't matter anyways, right? But there, if there is, then it does matter. Um, but then the problem is, you know, what if it's not your God? What if it's not the right one that you believe in? That's, that's the big issue with it is, okay, you can believe in one, you know, that's hedging your bets, I guess, but maybe go, you know, join every religion and believe in everything if you want to be really safe, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, there are like, there, there's definitely a flaw in, in that, right? Because there's so many. Um, yeah. And I mean, in, in a sense, um, there, there's religions that, that, that believe that you're just going to end up coming back as something else, whether mm-hmm. it's just a tree or whether it's another person, right? right. You're going to be reincarnated. Right. And, but at, like at that part, it's there there's so many different different things right and i mean we could we could spend hours upon hours upon lifetimes um talking about it and studying yeah like there are so many different religions one one of my my personal favorites is uh pastafarian Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah like there's so many different religions and they they believe so many different things that that it would be hard to have a conversation about all of it and narrow it down to okay you're right you're wrong sort of thing right right like really there are, there are some things where personally th- this is what i i believe myself and i mean i definitely know a number of people that think it's ridiculous that i say this but there are some things in life where I say, eh, you know, I'll know when I'm dead. Right. Right? Like, you know what? If there's not a God, technically I'll know when I'm dead because then I'm just dead. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? Like, if there's nothing after life, then, right. like, I am, I'm content with that, right? Some right. people don't like that because it's, they, they want, like, a, a decision, they're like, right. no, you have to make a, a decision on every little tiny thing, right? Right, right. Which, which I think I'm in the same camp as you that you don't have to, you know, um, you don't have to. They, there's that quote uh, people say, and I hate it. I, I hate it when people quote things, period, uh, which is funny because <laughs> I've quoted multiple things here and I'm going to quote thing. Uh, there's something I want to quote later, uh, which we'll get to, but um People, people will say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, I really, I don't, I don't think that you, you are required to have like some 
cause behind you that that you say this is where I stand and you know you can't knock me down that's that's what I think at least I don't you know I don't see much uh much truth in that little that little proverb um I think it's cute uh but I don't really think that you just have to pick something right because I think that's the context where that's usually said is, well, you have to choose a side. You have to pick something. And I think, well, a lot of the time, you don't have to choose a side, right? And especially, you can be willing to switch sides. I think everybody should be willing to switch sides. Oh, actually, oh, turns out you guys are crazy. Well, uh, I'm a head out, right? I think that's totally fine. Well, exactly. And I mean, um, you, lo- you look at the way that our government is, is formed. Mm-hmm. We have countless parties, yeah. Right? Like <laughs> there there are many different parties and many different viewpoints. It's not just it's not just black and white, right? Yeah, there there are lots of different parties and lots of different ideas. Um and uh my personal favorite is the Rhinoceros Party of Canada. Um Yes. It, it's the Rhinoceros beautiful. Party is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I think there's, you know, you just kind of got to, yeah, I I think stand for things that you believe in, but I, I mean, be willing to shift around, which, which kind of leads me to um, a question that I had and that we mentioned at the top of the episode is what would you do were you in Socrates' position, particularly... I'm wondering what would you do if 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 you believe like your purpose in life is to um, share your philosophy and to philosophize and to think about these things and share it with people um, and to antagonize the Athenians uh, about what they're doing wrong and try and correct them and all these things. Um, would you would you do like Socrates did and say, well, if I can't do what I feel I need to do in life, then I'm happy to to die. I'm happy to drink this hemlock. Or uh, would you would you take exile? Or would you say, you know what? Yeah, fine. I'll shut up. I will shut up. I will just like stop talking to people. Okay, just let me live. What would you do? You know that that one's really tricky um, because. We we spoke about, um, I believe it was in last episode, we, we talked about how you and I, we both value life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whether it be our own or others, right? Yeah. Now, there are some cases where, I mean, I, if, if I strongly believed it, because... Because, I mean, I don't have anything in my life where I think really um, I believe it so much that, um, not that I, I lost for words here. <laughs> um, where Where it would be something where I I had to shut up about right like right I I believe in things where yeah definitely I would die for it 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I could shut up about it, right? Right, right. Like for for me, like for for religion wise, yeah, I I would die, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, I could definitely just stop talking about it. Yep. Right. Like yeah. I I don't need to talk to people about about religion, right? Right. I want to, but I don't need to. Right. But there but there's other things where it was like if it was saying that say that you don't believe in God or whatever, then I mean, at that point, yeah, maybe I would like die. Right. Not <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, It's really hard to say, though, because the problem is, is that we're not in that situation. Right. And chances are we won't ever be in that situation. Right. I sure hope not. Yeah, that would kind of suck. I I like to think I like to think that there is something in my life um that I would be like, yeah, okay, you know what? Like kill me, right? Um that I believed that much in it for. Um but I just I I don't know. I don't think there is. Um I I think, you know, maybe when push comes to shove, maybe there is something. Um, but I really feel like I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll shut up. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Cause the thing is, uh, my, like if, if you have some sort of Jedi powers, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, where he's like, if you strike me down, I will become, you know, more powerful than you could ever imagine or whatever. Right. Which, Obi-Wan didn't really show that off much uh, in the Star Wars movies, but, um, you know, he was still able to affect things. Whereas for us, as far as we know, I've never had somebody, you know, come to me after they died and be like, here, let me help you with your homework, Alex. You know, like (laughs) I've never, I've never gotten any utility out of a dead person, which is like really other than, you know, emotionally feeling connected to my ancestors and things like that. Right. Um, but I've never, you know, I feel like even if I was told to shut up about my quote unquote life's mission, even if I was told to shut up, I feel like by being alive, at least I'm hedging my bets and there's still a chance that I can make a difference in somebody's life, right? Rather well, than and being I was thinking constantly about, concerned um, otherwise. Yeah. I was thinking about the exile part, right? Mm-hmm. Well, being exiled doesn't mean you can't live in just a totally different city way, like, far away, right? Right. Yeah. I, I would... I, if I was Socrates, I'd be like, hey, you know those Spartans that beat us? Yeah, you know what? Tell you what. I'm going to go, and I'm, I'll, I'll go there, and I'll be your weapon. Just, like, send me there, and I'll do exactly what I'm doing here. I'll corrupt their youth, huh? Huh? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I'll, I was thinking I'll be a about spy. it too. Yeah. Um I was thinking about it too. I uh if if I did get uh um <laughs> I'm lost for words again. If I got banished outside out of a city, I would love to be kicked out of Calgary. Because then I can ask for my horse and my gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I want to find I want to find the actual law where it says that where where if you get kicked out of Calgary, they got to give you a horse and a gun and walk you to the edge of the city and watch you till you pass the horizon. Yeah, not a bad deal. Actually, it's kind I of mean, a bad I, deal. My, you know, my house is in Calgary, so. Yeah, it, it also depends on which edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which way do you want me to walk towards? The nothing or the if, mountains? If, if I if I go um, uh, if if I go east, then you're gonna be watching me walk for a long time. Mm-hmm. But if if I go south, I'm gonna disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. Or or west. South or west, I could disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And north, you just get cold fast. Exactly. I'll go hang out in Okotoks. Can't see me there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll just live in Okotoks. Exile me to Okotoks. That doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Actually, I'd be exiled to Cochrane. I think Cochrane would probably be a pretty nice place to live. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, there was there was a lady. I I know I have to tell this joke. Okay, now. tell tell the story. There there was a lady. She uh, she was visiting here in Calgary, and she was down in Oak Tokes. She walks to, walks into a Dairy Queen, and she says, "How do you say the name of this place?" And the the worker looks at her, and she's like, "Dairy Queen." <laughs> <laughs> she's like no the city that we're in and she's like oh okotoks because for those who don't know okotoks is spelt really weirdly so, i mean but yeah. it kind of makes sense like o-k-o-t-o-k-s right yeah yeah but it's just it's one of those things or my favorite is how uh some people pronounce calgary because they say calgary yeah yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Anyways, back to uh, back to the apology, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, I feel like I got a lot out of this. So maybe this is a good time to start wrapping up. Now that we've you know philosophized a little bit um, about it, we always like to talk about the the things that we can do in our lives um, to to improve ourselves uh, to to actually take action and use this what we're studying because like we say in every episode we're studying this so that we can improve ourselves it's philosophy as a means of self-improvement so uh bryce do you have something in mind that you are going to do um to to improve yourself based on based on the apology you know one one thing that um i'm sure you could definitely agree with this um for me at least is working on kind of my wisdom and more so the accepting that I'm wrong cuz I I will mm. accept that I'm wrong on something yeah but it takes a lot longer than it should mhm yeah and right um if I may comment um you and I have had conversations um, where you know, you know, and um, like inside that you're wrong, um, and and you've mentioned it to me before that you're like, I know, like I know that it's that what I'm doing or what I'm saying isn't exactly right, 
um, but you're just not ready to admit that more outwardly, right? Is that is that accurate? Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's like I, I drag on the conversation or I fight a little bit more. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, you even look at Socrates. He, even after they passed uh, judgment, he still kind of fought a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, he did. He did accept death, mm-hmm. but he still was like, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'd prefer yeah. not to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did push back because um, he really believed in his life mission. And that's I mean, that's why he fought back. And that's also why he accepted his consequence because he he says i know what my life is um and you know yeah it's just it it's interesting but i i like what you're what you're saying do you have any other than um being more ready and willing to admit when you're wrong um do you have any uh any other things that you thought of um I was also kind of thinking about uh, literally what what you actually just said is kind of finding what my life is meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he was content with dying because he's like, I I die knowing that one, I know what my life was supposed to be, and two, doing the best that I could do to live that life yeah right yeah yeah um yeah those are those are two things that i that i thought of as well um as far as improving myself uh because it's hard to admit when you're wrong and uh and also like i think it'd be nice to to really feel like i have some sort of you know main life purpose that I can run off of, right? Um, do you do you have any to add, or should I go with mine? Go go with yours. Um, so so like I mentioned, I thought of those two basically. I won't I won't dive back into those because I think you know we talked about them. It's pretty clear that we both want to be able to admit that we're wrong better, and also find some life purpose, some meaning. Um, in our lives that that we'd be willing to you know drink hemlock over Um, but then one one thing that we didn't really touch on in the episode but I know throughout our course of study uh, that we'll be that we'll be talking about this a lot a lot a lot a lot over you know the next however long we we choose to do this show and choose to study philosophy and um and choose to be brothers i mean <laughs> it's a pretty uh, big what? conversation <laughs> uh yeah i've been meaning to talk to you about that i'm being uh disowned from the family by the way um so oh, okay <laughs> if you're being disowned that's fine i thought i was being disowned oh no 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 it's me it's me um so one he mentions virtue a little bit um and and he says a lot of the time in in a religious, especially in a in a Christian uh, setting, we tend to talk about virtue as like your purity, usually sexual purity. Um, 
but in, in this in uh, more philosophical terms it's more of like a, a what is good um and and he says this he says virtue does not spring from riches but riches and all other human blessings both private and public from virtue and i really liked that and um it just made me think like i want to be a more virtuous person and by that i mean more honest um more uh you know tying in the things that we talked about before about being wise and admitting when we're wrong and standing for something even though i did make that comment about the stand for something or you'll fall for anything quote um because it is <laughs> stupid but but i do think that standing up for things that you do believe in is good um and finding that purpose for your life is good as well um and i i really i i liked that um and i i want to be a more virtuous person i want to be um more kind and more understanding and i mean i i think something that we'll we'll talk about maybe in later episodes is our personal journeys of trying to be better people because i know you and i have both worked really hard on being better people and uh and frankly like i used to be a very crummy person um but i i want to continue working on on being a better person and uh and so that that's something that i'll be working on this week um i guess it's kind of vague but um, just just being a more kind, honest uh, person, I think will um, will see some improvement in my life. Uh, do you have any any final thoughts, Bryce? No, not really. Um, just kind of, I'm excited to. Not not that this wasn't great, but I'm excited to kind of move on and continue this d discussion um, mm -hmm. on ways that we can improve ourselves and kind of our, our different opinions on things. And yeah. I mean, honestly, it's nice having a conversation once a week with you because, I mean, we were supposed to rec start recording at 9 a.m. today. Um mm -hmm but we had an hour conversation <laughs> before yeah. we even started recording, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do think that, I mean, this is something that I know has already improved my life because, um, like you mentioned, like it gives us that excuse to just chat as brothers. We live in different countries, um, and so it's nice to have this as just a way that we can keep in touch um, and, and and just work together on something good and uplifting um so uh before before we do our little our little closey outie here uh there's that quote that i mentioned i did want to share and i'm just i'm going to recite it from memory because it is from friday's episode of clone wars did you watch it yeah it was good oh, it was amazing so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, I really liked this thing, and it actually it ties in really well um, with with this thing. So Darth Maul, um, quote unquote bad guy, um, he he said something to Ahsoka um, in in Friday's episode. He said he says um, he said something like justice is 
determined by uh by the current powers um or he he says justice is always defined by the current powers and uh and then he says which i have a feeling are about to be are about to change and um and that first part there where it's like what what is justice right like a lot of these people who judge socrates might have thought that they they were doling out justice and um so maybe as a final way that i might try and improve is be more understanding to people uh about their uh, about where they stand and about where um what they think is just and fair uh because that can vary from person to person right it's determined by the powers uh that be currently uh which changes every day um so yeah that kind of concludes concludes my thoughts and i guess concludes this episode so that does it for this edition of the old goal of truth for next week join us in studying the credo in particular you can join us on reddit.com slash r slash thanks everyone for joining thanks for studying with us